you know, I'm really selective about the supplements I use and I take a lot of them. And one of the brands I keep coming back to again and again is Buy Optimizers. That's because they're obsessed with building the best in class supplement formulas and it shows in the quality of their products. I especially like their Magnesium Breakthrough. It's truly the best I've seen on the market. Plus they backed up their products with a 365 day money back guarantee, no questions asked, which is unheard of. So if you've ever wanted to try out their products, now's the time because they're having a Black Friday mega sale for the entire month of November. As a listener to the Human Upgrade, you get an even bigger discount and some bonus gifts with purchase. So instead of impulse buying a bunch of crap you don't need for Black Friday, focus on your health instead. You won't find a better Black Friday deal anywhere else for Buy Optimizers, not even on Amazon. Go to buyoptimizers.com slash Dave, use code Dave10 at checkout, Enjoy the savings and enjoy how you're going to feel. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Formerly Bulletproof Radio. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. This is an in-person interview here in my studios in Austin which makes it way more fun. And today we're going to talk about the birth of the modern fitness movement with Lavinia Erica, who's the founder of Equinox and doing something new called Move Joy. I'm interested in how companies and movements form. And clearly I started the biohacking movement, so I've practiced this, but I like talking with people who've created something big and something that lasts uh, to see what I can learn and to see what you can learn from it as well. So let's figure out why we're all working out the way we are with one of the people who made it happen and also look at what's next because it's probably not what you think it's going to be. Lavinia, welcome. Yes, thank you so much for having me. We're also going to talk about spirituality and biohacking and what it takes to be an entrepreneur at scale like that and the self-management that's a part of it. And also how do you do it when you're a woman? Because maybe it's different than doing it as a man. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go deep on that. All right, Lavinia. Let's go back to the foundations of Equinox. It's the eighties. And you're at a bar late at night. Okay, I don't know. But <laughs> what, was, what was going on? Tell me how this worked. First of all, I had lived in California first. And I was in LA and I was actually teaching aerobics. And Did you have I, like a jazzercise leotard and like the, the leg warmers and all that? Um, something a little close to that. Yeah. Okay. With the, I, yeah, I, yeah. I was definitely full in that look. I kind of think it, of it as like the Jane Fonda look. It was totally yeah. a look of the 80s. It I don't know totally. why we had the leg warmers, but they were kind of cool at the time. <laughs> No, well, they looked great. Yeah, they kind of did. I was a, like fur leggings. I was a thing. dancer before, so we okay. always wore leg warmers. It was this part of the the uniform and the culture. <laughs> so I was very comfortable wearing them. So when I moved back to New York, I was actually shocked that the workout community there was like dull. It just wasn't great. I mean, I remember walking into a health and, and racket club and like the men were walking around with like their black socks on from their suits and barefoot. And it was just like, wow, like this is so antiquated. Like somebody needs to build something here mm -hmm. in the city. And there were a couple of like great studios, 
But there wasn't something that had it all. Like there wasn't something that had great bodybuilding, great working out, great classes, great vibe, you know, clean. And I mean, I was working out in like the dirty, dingy workout gym, you know, underground with no windows. Yeah, that really good air. Yeah, it was just really like, ooh, it's not your way that you want to start at seven o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning. And my brothers and I lived on the Upper West Side and we were kind of complaining a lot. Or maybe I was the one complaining like, someone needs to open a gym. Someone needs to open a gym. And and then finally, at one point, we sort of looked at each other and I feel like, at least this is my recollection, it was like, well, maybe we should do this. We were going to keep our daytime jobs. We were just going to open up a little gym on the Upper West Side that we could work out with, our friends could work out with, and that was going to be it. And all of a sudden we're pre-sailing and it was just like, I mean, it was amazing. I don't think we even expected how successful it was going to be. You know, we knew that we wanted it, but we weren't sure. And then we opened up our first gym. It was 7,000 square feet. That was so huge. Small. Such well, a- my upgrade lab is like 2,600. Oh, okay. So okay. I'm, I'm like, we're using <laughs> I mean, AI now they're stuff. like at 40,000, yeah. the equinoxes. But our yeah. first one was a small gym. A lot of square footage to me. <laughs> and we opened up and it was like, and it really was an instant success. It was really about timing and location. And I do believe we put in something that was different. Like, you know, we had our biggest competition when you joked at a bar. Our biggest competition at that time was happy hour. Wow. Everybody went from work to happy hour. Like, it wasn't the culture that we're going to go to the gym and work out. Like, that wasn't part of the culture, you know? So you had to make a cultural change. And, you know, we had to kind of make it a place where people really wanted to go. So so what does it mean? Uh, What did you change? First of all, it had to be sexy. We put in a place that was beautiful. As opposed to like Muscle Beach. Exactly. Guys grunting with barbells. Exactly. Impeccably clean. You know, again, style. Like the lighting mattered. The architecture mattered. The interiors mattered. And then the people there. Like, I mean, in the beginning, I I feel like it was like all about beautiful people. I mean, that's how it was in those days. Like, sure. and you just hired these. I mean, in New York, it was so easy because you had all these models and actresses that were aspiring. So we just hired these great people. And the truth is, we were brother and sister. So everybody that came along, they felt like they were part of the Equinox family. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even deliberate. It wasn't like, okay, we're going to create this culture that's going to make family. It just happened organically because we were family, you know, and then they became family. And before you know it, everybody was like, we're the Knox family, (laughs) you know? Mm. So the culture was just so built on and like, we truly loved what we were doing. Like we wanted this for so long, you know? Was it hard to work with your brothers? I mean, you grew up, there's always, you know, he punched me when I was six kind of vibe. (sighs) I mean, there's always awkward moments, you know, for sure. But I think overall, I mean, first of all, all three of us did something a little bit different. So we weren't like with each other every minute of the day. You know, my one brother was like doing all the real estate, raising all the money, you know, doing all of that. Like he was even helping to make sure the vibe was really amazing and and sexy and all that. And then the other brother was all about like the building and the design and all and that. And then I was really like creating the, the 
best group fitness program that we could have. And, you know, all the other things, the fitness program and and some of that crossed over for sure, you know, with us, because like, let's face it, when you're starting a business, you have to wear every hat. Oh yeah, totally. (laughs) There isn't like, that's not my job description. Everything is your job description. It's always that way when you start. And then a lot of people never stop doing that. And then they don't grow. And over time you specialize. And I've seen probably more family businesses fail because of family conflicts than not. So you managed to, to do that. Like I, I had one business where a family member actually tried to steal the business from me. Like mm. I had to remove two people from my family. Like they're wow. by blood, but they're wow. no longer considered part of my family. It's You can divorce, you can choose your family. Yeah, and absolutely. When I when I went down the, the lawsuit with that and, and did discovery, this was a premeditated criminal act, mm. you know, based on greed and jealousy and things like that. So, and I've, I've heard so many entrepreneurs say this. So you guys somehow managed to do that. So you, did you decide ahead of time? Like, you know, here's what our, our kind of division of labor is. No. So that you'd have some kind of. No, like, res- it was so. It was all just you, you had a really, really strong family and it worked. Uh, we've had amazing work mm. ethic. We really did. And I feel like there was just no ego. Mm. You know, like. Beautiful. There wasn't an ego. We all like the focus was on how do we make this so special? Like we wanted to make it that everybody that came into Equinox, that they were just going to be wowed. Wow, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Wow, that class was awesome. Wow, like that was the best okay. workout. Wow, I had the best trainer. Wow, like we just, that was our focus. And the truth is we were so clear on what our principles were, what our values were, that everybody else around us took on that same energy. They, right. Like your staff, like... You know, I always tell leaders, like, you have to walk the walk, baby. Like, yep. you can't give anything you don't own. So you have to own that. And for us, it was like we own that passion of just truly wanting to create the most amazing place that people wanted to come to. Like, I mean, I can't tell you how many times people would be like, oh, I'm playing hooky from work today because my favorite teacher is teaching at 430. Mm, I mean, like, cool. it was like amazing. You're just like, wow, I can't believe that. Because in the beginning, working out was like a four-letter word. I got to work out. Like, I got to do it. Like, there was no joy. There was no excitement. There was no, like, let me go and play hooky to go and work out. Like, when you see that you're changing people's lives like that, and for me, movement was always medicine to me. I started mm. moving at five as a dancer. So that I always found my back to my alignment, back to my balance from moving. And I always wanted everyone to have that. And I was always kind of shocked growing up that a lot of girls didn't want to move like that. Like I always wanted to mm. climb the tree and play hopscotch and play jump, you know, jump rope. Like movement was just, that was my joy. And it was like, how do you take those same elements as a kid? Like you don't, you're not as a young person, you're like, I'm going to go outside and burn a thousand calories today, jumping rope. Right. Like you don't do that. You're like, I'm going out to play. Right. And it was that joy of just playing and moving and being on the, on the swings and being on the bars and like that was the energy that we wanted to bring into the gym, that same energy of fun and and really making people like get excited, like overly excited. I mean, you see how passionate I get. Oh, yeah, totally. You light up when you talk I about know. it. I know. It's like amazing. Research shows that only 5% of people get enough regular exercise. If we could even document what regular exercise means, 
There is no formal definition. Here's the thing that holds most people back. You think you have to spend hours and hours at the gym to get results. The good news, if you read Smarter Not Harder, you already know the science. That's not even close to being true. In fact, you need about 15 minutes of exercise a week to see incredible cardiovascular performance benefits. And that's possible with the Carol bike. It's a bike that helps you work smarter, not harder, so you get fitter in a lot less time. With three five-minute rehit sessions per week, Carol Bike gives you a short, effective workout that anyone can fit into your schedule. And it's got the results to back it up. How about a 12% improvement in fitness within eight weeks and a metabolism boost that outperforms your typical half-hour run? That's right. Spend less time, get better results. And it actually works. If you're ready to make the switch and save yourself a lot of time and be more fit, save $250 off Carol Bike until January 15th with code Dave at carolbike.com. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD plus even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD plus. Check out Qualia NAD plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. There's today $400 million of ghost gym memberships every year. <laughs> I, I found that out when I was doing the research uh, for the Upgrade Labs uh, fundraising deck, which is different, very different than, than Equinox uh, or, or other things um, that are kind of out there. But I just realized, so there's people, and I don't think those are mostly Equinox memberships. Right. It's a higher end thing. Yeah, that just don't come. Yeah, there's a lot of people who sort of want to, but don't. What are we going to do <laughs> for the people who recognize I probably ought to, and I, I buy it, but they don't find it fun, or they're not getting value for $12 a month or whatever they're spending right. um, at some of these some of these lower-end places. What's the solution to bring joy back into our movement practice, just into life? You know, first of all, I think you have to know who you are. Mm -hmm. I think very often, I'll just use the analogy of an animal. Like somebody is a turtle, but they're going to train like they're a lion. Like they're never going to find joy in that because they have to just honor, this is how I move. This is what happens, like, especially in the beginning, like this is my natural rhythm. Then you build on there. So once you like connect to that natural rhythm of who you are, the way your body just naturally wants to move or maybe how it doesn't want to move. Mm -hmm. And then we find some ways to find that. And then before you know it, you start moving in a way and you're like, oh, that's not so bad. Like today I taught a class, Move Joy. And one of the girls told her girlfriend afterwards, she goes, you know, I hate cardio. I hate cardio. She said, and I loved everything about that. And I was sweating and she had my heart going. I'm aware that my, um, my like sweet spot is the people that don't move. And mm. maybe because I've been a dancer since I'm five and, you know, I had to teach dance to be part of this professional group by the time I was 14. I feel like 
I'm really good at taking people who have two left feet and get you to move. And because of that, I started cultivating a way where I can find ways to teach people how to like have the joy of movement. So that's what I would say is when you go to a class, like say, okay, look at the schedules and go in and speak to like the group fitness director and find out exactly what kind of classes are there and try to find the class that sounds like your movement style Mm -hmm. might really work. Like you just can't pop into any class. Like you pop into a hit class. Yep. You're going to loathe it. It's going to be horrific. I mean, I have classes that I won't go into. And I'm an avid mover because I know I'm going to not enjoy it. And I want to come back the next day. I want to feel good. Like, I'm listen, I'm 63 years old. It's not about looking good in a bikini. It's not about being ripped. I Thankfully, I'm out of that stage. I went (laughs) through that when I was very young and, you know, had to make sure my body fat never got over 16%. Thank God I'm done with that. I'm at a stage in my life where I want to wake up and just feel good. I want like, I want to feel really, really good. Like that's important to me. And my movement is part of that. Like, how do I stay in that zone? Now I do, you know, I mountain bike. I do other things that I find joy in that. And I'm probably one of the only women that love going uphill and I do not ride on an electric bike. So so you're a masochist, kind of. (laughs) But I love it. It's like, it took me a while to get there. Okay. You know, like it took me a but, while. Like eating kale, like, like it tastes like crap, but you just learn to tell yourself you like it. Is it like that? You know, I do a lot of mindset work as well. So <laughs> I do I do have that way of being able to go there. Um, but that is, I just think you have to know who you are and know how, where you're going to find joy in that movement. And and don't be afraid to ask when you go into a gym and sat, sit down and say, I would like to have a meeting with the group fitness manager and really find the right class for me. And you may have yeah. to try a few classes. I've said the same thing, even for yoga. I mean, there's so many flavors of yoga. And I talk about this sometimes, a lot of listeners don't know, but I've spent years doing yoga. And my favorite type is called Anusara, which is yeah. not that common anymore. It was actually the most fun yoga. But with, within that, there's Iyengar and Anusara, and there's all these different forms. And if you're saying, I want to start yoga, I don't know what to do. It's just me. I walked on, I don't know what's going on. And so... I tried a bunch of different ones to find the one that worked for me. I would also like to say, though, that I think I remember his class and it was very user-friendly. That was why I liked it, yeah. And that's why people liked it. It was a user-friendly class. And I think sometimes these instructors, like, there's only 1% that are really yoginis. Like, hello. Like, we need to cater to the others. Like, yes, there should be an advanced class. But like most of these classes should not have handstands and all yeah. this stuff in it because we are we are alienating all of these people. We are intimidating them. They're not going to want, and more importantly, they're going to get injured. That is true. I probably had a couple of yoga injuries along the years there, uh, but I deserved all of them uh, oh. because I was you know going to classes more advanced than, than I should have until I could do all the advanced poses. In fact, I, uh, I was doing crow pose. Uh, kicking back to plank, which is oh, relatively that's advanced. That's amazing. Uh, but I stubbed my toe. I go, oh. But okay, stub your toe. What the heck? Well, it was such a bad stub that the toe started uh, fusing, and I had to have a joint a joint oh. correction years later because I didn't treat it well. But like you can do stuff like that. But okay, the fact that I could do crow pose at all was awesome. And then the kickback thing is one of those things. It's like ooh, fancy. 
and I actually could still do that uh, to this day. I'm just a little bit more careful because I realize like injuries aren't what you want. It's like you don't have to do the full twist. But the the point here is, you can go to uh, an Equinox, and you guys were, as far as I know, the first health club that really had quality yoga instructors yeah. on it. I've had some yoga instructors on the show, and I find the fusion of being able to get whatever you need to do in one place really mm-hmm. interesting. So you you're the person who drove that, which is which is kind of cool. I guess it was just that you're like, I don't feel good at the normal weight places and you wanted to have access to weights. You wanted to do group fitness that wasn't mm-hmm. grungy. Right. And then you wanted access to yoga. So you kind of stacked all this stuff up. I think also it was about building community. Okay. Before people even talked about community, mm-hmm. I really feel like that was the big superpower of what we did. Like, okay. and Possibly it also happened organically because we were three siblings and we were greeting everybody when they came in and, you know, who, you know, my one brother, maybe the group of friends that he attracted would be different than the group of friends I would attract because everybody's got their own vibe and their own thing. And we would introduce everybody to everyone. Okay. So it became a very um, social, I mean, I can't tell you how many you know, relationships, marriages were made there, including our own. Like, you know, it was just a place where, you know, people would say, I live on the Upper West Side. And I used to go to Citarella for this, and I would go to the West Side Market for that, and I would go here. But I would never know anyone. Mm. Like, I never knew anybody. I'd go to Isabella's to eat. And they're like, now, Iwanox came in. And now wherever I go, it's like, my whole community and neighborhood completely transformed. Wow. And, you know, because New York's not usually like that. Like, unless you have kids in school, mm-hmm. you know, that go to the school. Sure. So there was such magic in that, that it really became this community and people just knew each other. It was really unbelievable. That was definitely part of the magic. When did you uh, step out? I've, I've actually met with Harvey at Equinox headquarters. And, amazing. Uh, just amazing human being. We, we hired a Harvey. Out. You did? Okay. Yeah, we How hired. long ago? Like, when did you know you were uh, ready okay, to first bring Okay, first of all, I'm, I'm like, terrible with these dates. Okay, but, so, um, so. so we, I remember first, like five years in, some people started talking to us, you know, like, so it must have been about Big mean VC types. Yeah. Well, no, it was like people that owned hotels. Okay. Some yeah. ho- even owned some more gyms. Like maybe we could, you know, do something together. And so they kind of put it in our head, like that was even a possibility. Mm-hmm. But we didn't do anything. And then when we thought it was kind of closer, that's when we were like, you know, we really, because we were really doing everything. I mean, we had directors and people under us, but you know, we didn't have we we didn't have a CEO, we didn't have a COO, we didn't have a CFO, like. We were just doing it all. Like, you know, my brother was taking care of all the, the the finance stuff for sure. And I was taking care of all the, you know, creating, you know, creating new stuff. You know, we created a wellness center and we created a Medi spa and we created spas and we created, you know, the Equinox Fitness Training Institute because there wow. wasn't really even great training in those days. Like you didn't even have to be a certified trainer. Like, you know, um, and the certified training that they had was so lame. I mean, it wasn't really very good. So we realized, oh, we're going to have to buckle down and do this ourselves. So, you know, there were just so many. It wasn't just that we were building a clubs, the next club and next club and next club. Like that was, when I look back, like that would have been the easy thing. Like just another club, open another club. It was all the other stuff 
that we were creating. You know, like like we were the first wellness center ever in New York City. I mean, people, so I, honestly, I got hate mail from people saying, I can't believe you're involved in this quackery. Oh, I love getting emails like that. <laughs> but, you know, this was, we opened that up in 19... Uh, 1997. Wow. You know, where we had acupuncture, Reiki, um, rolfing, chiropractic, iridology. We were even trying to figure out how to put in colonics. Like, we were just so ahead of our time. Trying everything to see what would stick, right? Yeah, you know. It it kind of feels like like the Upgrade Labs story in Santa Monica, you know, right, right by... I guess half a block away from Gold's Gym under mm-hmm. Arnold's. Yeah, I know where you are. Yeah, and and just like let's see what sticks. And it took a long time to figure out what would stick before I would scale it. Uh, and it it's neat to hear hear your story about how you did this because there's a sense of like I don't know, but it's a sense of wonder in the community building. Right. If you could go back and tell yourself your younger self something when you were starting it, knowing what you know now, what advice would you have for yourself? The advice I would give myself is. I was always proving my worth. Mm, to who? You know, even to myself and to everyone else. As a woman in business, mm-hmm. trying to be, you know, not trying, but a third partner. As a woman, especially also being a woman that, you know, I had a baby the second year that we opened Equinox. Oh, that's a lot of work. And I also had a situation where, you know, I'm not sure if, my partners thought that was such a great thing, Mm. you know? So it was like, I have to prove that I am worthy of being a third part. I'm going to, and the truth is like, I just felt like I had to work harder to prove that I could be a good mom and I could be, I'm carrying my weight. And like, it was tough. Like even emotionally on myself, like, ooh, when I look back now, it was tough. Like, I just beat myself up, you know? I know a lot of women with, with grown children now who are kind of angry about this. Like, you know, it was a bit of a story that I could have this great career and be a great mom because kind of takes a lot of energy to do either one of those. So they felt like they were yeah. always overextended. They were always juggling, always giving up their own health and things like that. Yeah. I hope that we can we can prioritize motherhood a little bit more in the current generation because it's, it's kind of a special time and yeah. only women can do that. And to make space for that. And so we also can have a good career and right. you can also have, have time for it. But it, it does require just, just recognizing the value of having kids as well as the value Well, it was of also a time where it's like, no, women don't need to be an equal partner. Mm-hmm. They could be a 10% partner and be happy with that. Wow. You know, like there was, there's an energy that went on in those days. I mean, it's no different than what happens in Hollywood now. The leading man's making a certain amount, the women's yeah. making less. Like, it's still there, okay? Mm-hmm. It's still there. But then nobody was talking about it. Right. So as women, we just had to hold that in. There was no container to let that fly, right? So you just had to hold it in and you had to just keep proving, proving, proving. So, so what would you have told yourself now, now that you know how things I are? I know. I would have told myself, girl, like, you're magic. Like, there you... you you are magic. Like, just show up and be you and relax and don't think about what anyone else is thinking about. Just you do you. You do your best. Like, my best was 
already a lot. Like I just put a lot of, I still do. I like, I have a work stock. I have a great birth ethic. So it was just like, just celebrate that, you know? What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. You know I'm all about foods that do more than one good thing for you at a time. And that's why bovine colostrum has long been one of my favorite ingredients. It's got tons of research backing it, and they're almost too good to be true, except they're real. Colostrum fortifies your gut, it decreases inflammation, it even reactivates hair growth, it stimulates your body to grow more of its own collagen, and in studies, it increases fitness endurance, it strengthens immunity, and it revs up your metabolism. I specifically love Armra Colostrum because it's sustainably sourced from grass-fed cows, and I can feel that it actually works. I've tried quite a few colostrum products over the years that didn't seem to do anything. This stuff is very noticeable. They strictly use only the surplus supply of colostrum after calves are fully fed. This is really important for animal sustainability. It's also been proven in several studies to have the highest potency and bioavailability of any colostrum available on the market with auditing and third-party testing to back it up. That's why I can feel that it works. This is huge because a lot of the colostrums that didn't work for me didn't work because they used heat pasteurization that depletes nutrient potency and denatures proteins. Because Armour Colostrum has a unique purification process, it's got about 400 plus living bioactive nutrients that are perfectly intact. I started using it several months ago, and I've noticed a really meaningful difference in energy levels, in my hair, in my skin, and even workout recovery time. I even took some to Burning Man with me. I take one dry scoop in the morning, which is also good for your oral microbiome, and at night I mix it into just water before I go to bed. This stuff has thousands of five-star reviews, so give it a try and see what you think. Go to tryarmra.com Dave. Enter code Dave to get 15% off. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A dot com slash Dave, code Dave. The women I know now, the friends who, who are having babies right now, I, I am sensing more of a balance there. Yeah. And all new moms are, are struggling with this going, I didn't realize it was going to be energetically this much work. I'm like, how do I balance my company? How do I balance my job? But it, it feels like there's more balance today uh, than there used to be. Uh, and maybe things are getting better. Yeah. Do you feel like that's happening as well? Do you see that? I do. Yeah. I definitely, I mean, first of all, people talk about work-life balance. I mean, like, yeah. you know, and there's a part of me that like as a founder, if you're a founder. It's like, unbalanced I'm, to be a founder. Like, I, I, like that's how I feel, David. Honestly, <laughs> like, you have I to be unbalanced. Like when people say to me work-life balance, I'm like, oh, 
Oh, this is like, my life. It's I'm balanced. not so yeah. sure that like being an entrepreneur is for you because being yeah. an entrepreneur is so hard. Like yeah. I know somehow it's been like it's become glamorous and everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and a founder. But like, no, I'm just thinking to myself, it is the hardest. You work 24-7. I mean, I remember sleeping with a um, a little tape recorder. So when I wake up with an idea, yeah. I didn't want to lose it. And I'd be like, oh, it's a tape recording yeah. it. I mean, you never stopped. It, it's frenetic when you're starting. One of the more powerful interviews I've seen was with the founder of NVIDIA, you know, the, mm-hmm. the chip making company. Oh, yeah. They're, you know, one of the most successful, most valued companies on the planet. And they asked him the same question. Well, if you go back and tell yourself when you were 19 about what to do, he would say, my advice would be, don't do it. Yeah, It's not worth it. Like the amount of suffering you will have to build a big company is unimaginable. And I think he's probably right. It, no one who hasn't built something big understands just the amount of of struggle and suffering and worry and just all the bad yeah. stuff that comes your way because you're succeeding. And I think women get it more. I mean, it's been said before that, you know, the glass ceiling is probably constructed as much by women as Mm -hmm. it is by men, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it may be even harder for women entrepreneurs. I don't know, I'm not one. But whatever it is, it it is like all in energy. And I started uh, Bulletproof when I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old, right? And uh, man, you know, to make sure that ends meet for the family and to start a company. It's, it's, it's scary. It's yeah. Even though you have you know community and a mission. No, I and remember so you, there yeah, were there were months where we weren't taking paychecks, and I remember right. being like going to the controller and like I can't barter my rent <laughs> because mm-hmm. we were bartering everything. Right? right. Like, I'm like I can't barter my rent. Like we have to pay. You know. Like. Wow. So yeah, you know it. It's definitely a sacrifice, and I will say this. I invest now in different, you know, entrepreneurs and different products. I very rarely will ever invest when there's one founder. Mm. Very rarely. Uh, Two, minimum, three, or in my zone. Because I know what it takes. Like, I really, and I know there are certain things you can't buy. Mm. You have to be in it to be doing what needs to be done. It's not, you can't just pay somebody a paycheck to do that. And it isn't for it isn't for everyone. And especially like sometimes I'll sit down and I'll talk to women. I've mentored women for a while. And there was one woman in particular, super smart. She had her master's and she had children. And it was really like I'd listen to her and she's like, oh, yeah, I want to go to the school and read at the school. And I want to be able to go and do the party. And I, I would just kind of listen to the theme of what she was talking about and then her job. And, and then she got promoted and I said to her at one point, like, okay, what's the three-year? What's the five-year? And she's like, CEO. And I was not expecting that. And she was, I must have had this horrified look on my face, like, you're really CEO? And she was like, yeah, I want to be CEO. And I was just like, can we talk a little bit about what it takes to be a CEO? Mm. Like a real CEO? And I, I said, you have the brains, no doubt. So, but I listen to you on all you want to do with your kids. I said, first of all, to get there, you know, these CEOs, they're starting their day, getting up five o'clock, four o'clock, 4.30, getting their workout in, reading, 
getting their reading to see what's going on in the world. Emails, depending on what's going on. They're at their first breakfast meeting at quarter to seven, mm-hmm. you know, and then they're at a breakfast and they're at a dinner, you know, yep. and then they're flying somewhere to give a talk. And then they're, you know, I, I'm like, that is, I don't see that for you. I, and she's like, but that's not me. And I said, dear, but that's what's going to take to be a CEO. You yeah. know, like sometimes I feel like I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but like I am about, I'm like, I'm a truth dealer. I'm going to deal mm-hmm. you the truth. <laughs> yeah, I, I discourage people who aren't entrepreneurs from being entrepreneurs too. I, I built um, Bulletproof um, before I was removed uh, into a, uh, into a $100 million plus company while living on a farm that we built on Vancouver wow. Island. That's impressive. But I traveled at least 50% of the time, uh, which is brutal on you biologically. My travel schedule was much worse because I lived on an island, which meant you know, it took me nine hours to get to LA, even though there's only three and a half hours of air travel because of borders and all this nonsense. So I did manage to make myself younger and leaner during that time, but I spent $2 million doing it. Yeah. And... I had uh, breakfast and dinner and lunch, actually, with my kids every time I was home, which probably is more than most CEOs. But the amount of absolute nothing else in my life but that Mm -hmm. was probably not great Mm -hmm. in the overall scheme of things. But you you have a cause and a mission. And if both my wife at the time and I had both been doing that, there's no way we could have had kids. Right. Just it wouldn't have worked. Right. Right. And I, I recognize that. So I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, she was there and she also worked uh, on, on her own stuff around fertility, but not full time because we couldn't do it. Yeah. I, I just I, I don't know how to do that. So hats off to uh, especially when you have you know both people working really hard, whether it's entrepreneurship or not. But I will say the CEO is the loneliest job. It's the hardest job. And, you know, people don't know it until they've tried it. It's, it's rough. I mean, you you get it. And getting there. Yeah. Like the road to being mm-hmm. a CEO, like even that, like, especially if it's more in a corporate, Ugh. it's daunting and it's not for everyone. And yeah. I think, you know, it's like anything, like when I said to you before, like you have to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I think doing inner work is so important yeah. because it, you get so clear and well, that clarity is so liberating, you know. Let's talk about how your path and the inner work you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we'll share some stories about that. I want to talk about what you've done to be able to do that. Yeah. And then also how that led you into MoveJoy, because you have this unique somatic uh, perspective on things. And I've been talking more and more about somatics over the last couple mm-hmm. of years in the biohacking movement. Uh, somatics being, if you're new to the world, you haven't heard this, like the felt sense of what's going on inside your body, because that's really where intuition lies. Yeah. So how did you get into this inner work? What did you do? What do you do? And how did that move you to move joy? So, first of all, we were op- Equinox had been open, I, I think, about two and a half years. Okay. And I jumped out of bed. It was a, a, a Sunday morning because we work seven days a week. Mm. I jumped out of bed and I landed flat on my face. Ooh, that's a problem. Yeah, broke my cheekbone. Thank God my sister was sleeping on my couch. Ariana Huffington. It's such a a similar story. My sister's sleeping there. She says to me, she heard this thump. I'm like, what happened? What happened? She goes, I jump out of bed. End up at Lenox Hill Hospital. And the guy's like, I mean, you know, I was in the best shape of my life. I, you know, great shape, working out a couple hours a day and, you know, go to air early in the morning, work out at night. 
And he goes, I think you just need to learn how to relax. Yeah, like you're, you're under stress. <laughs> you're, you're stressed. And I'm thinking like, I, I can't be stressed. I run it out. I dance it out. I lift it out. Like I really thought in that time, you know, I was probably like, there's two. I thought that if you were fit, you were healthy. Yeah, a lot of people. I did too. A lot of people think that. I thought, like, like, how could this be? I am so healthy. And then I realized at that moment, well, you can be really fit and unhealthy. So I took about a year and a half, even though we had Equinox, and I kind of was like figuring out, well, what does it really mean to be healthy? And through that journey, thankfully, because we had so many amazing members and members that were a bit older than me, people had contacts for me. So who sent me down to get acupuncture at Dr. Ning? And somebody took me to City Yoga and um, I went and started meditation. And I'll be honest, like I sat there and I thought, there's no way. Like I went to a weekend course of meditation and I just, but the gentleman that brought me, I loved his energy. Like there was just something so peaceful. Like I could feel like I, just would he would take me to another level of relaxation. And I thought like, I wanted that. I knew that he had something that I wanted. So I kept going back. And um, then I said, oh, because this is how it always wanted Equinox. We're going to bring meditation to Equinox. And then before you know it, I started bringing meditation classes to Equinox. I brought this guy, Mickey Descend. He was amazing. And he was also a hypnotherapist. Mm-hmm. So we started, I started doing some hypnotherapy with Mickey. And then someone took, takes me down to Chinatown to do acupuncture. And I swear to God, it was like down in the basement underneath a restaurant. Not a great place for meditation. Doesn't, no, for acupuncture. Oh, wow. He doesn't speak any English. He's a, he's a, a third generation um, from China. And I'm thinking... He gives me these herbs to cook. I cook these herbs up. My neighbors come knocking on the door because they swear that I have dead rats yeah, in my... so bad. No, it was yeah. like horrible. Like <laughs> you would get off the elevator and people were like, they'd be following it. And then they're knocking on my door. They're like, Lavinia, what's dead in your apartment? I was like, no, it's Chinese herbs. They're like, you got to stop. Mm-hmm. But I was, okay, so I'm kind of, doing that. And then I'm doing the little meditation. I brought, I had to bring everything to Equinox because I couldn't leave. You know, we were so right. busy. And that was actually the beginning of creating the Equinox Wellness Center. Mm-hmm. So like my breakdown created this wonderful breakthrough of creating this wellness center. So through that, I ended up meeting an amazing uh, woman who took me to meet a new guru at the time that was coming in from India and I went on his year-long program of meditation. I mean, that was the beginning of like my first time ever hearing the word manifestation, transformation. So I did his year-long program. Um, I was even able to go to India and do a pilgrimage with him, which was pretty amazing. Yeah, and then from that, it just went into personal development. I started doing Landmark, and then from Landmark, I did the entire curriculum, even went on to be like, to be certified to be a forum leader. Not that I ever used it, but it was all for my own, for my own self. Um, 
I did a lot of Indian sweat lodges. <laughs> I mean, so you, you've done the whole I've path. I've done the I've whole done thing. Similar stuff. I, I'm not a landmark. And I loved it. Like that, yeah. the truth of it is, all of that is just what brings me, I love it to this day. Like somebody invites me to something, I'm in. I'm like, yeah, yeah. let's go see. I have nothing to lose, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing that's so beautiful from everything is you find a few things from it that feel right for you. Like, I'm like, oh, so that's kind of how I create, like, like my day is filled with like, I call them the Lavinia rituals. <laughs> from the minute I wake up in the morning until the minute I go to bed, I just have all these rituals. And I love the word ritual. There's something about ritualistic that just doesn't feel like habits. Like habit just is a heavy word for me. Yeah. Oh, I got to have a habit, right? I got to have... Yeah, smoking habit, heroin habit, you know. Yeah, like, but my <laughs> rituals just feel so good. So it's really from doing all of that. Like, I don't think there's anything I've ever done that I didn't take away a couple things and, and integrate. Because I'm all, I also, I'm the queen of integration. Like, okay, now how am I going to integrate this? What am I integrating? What feels right for me at this point in my life right now? What do I need? And, you know, I also believe, like, I remain a student of life. And I believe that's what keeps me youthful and it keeps me young. And it's probably one of my best, like, biohacking is that, I stay curious. I stay curious. I stay full of enthusiasm. Like I never get jaded. Like I'm never one of these people like, oh, like I've done so much. I don't like, I'm like, tell me, how did it work for you? What was it? Tell me more. Like it's, that's how I keep growing and learning and just feeling really good, you know? The the idea of being curious is, is so important because if you're feeling afraid of something, the mm-hmm. antidote to fear is curiosity. Mm, right? So yeah. you you really can't be afraid when you go, huh, what is that? Right. And it, it's a very strong mental shift. So a lot of people talk about personal development and they don't know it, but it triggers unconscious and almost invisible fear. And then mm-hmm. that leads to procrastination or right. you just never call the guy back and you just sort of right. go a different direction. And you don't know that's your body going, please don't look there, please don't look there, what you know, mm-hmm. so you might find. But then if you're just curious about it, all of a sudden, okay, maybe it's full of crap. Maybe it's not. And I was very skeptical when I started on this path. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe I was wrong. And now I've studied lots of different things in, in the Himalayas and Andes and all over the place. And I do 40 Years of Zen is my, my neurofeedback kind of mm-hmm. digital mystery school mm-hmm. where I spent six months with electrodes on my head meditating, figuring out what's going on in there. And I teach people to do it because I feel like the more of an executive you are, the more of an entrepreneur you are, the more you're responsible for your state because people rely on you. That's the thing yeah. about being a CEO or a parent. Mm-hmm. If you're a parent, you're going to have to feed your kids and take care of them. And yeah. if you're a CEO and you have hundreds of employees, and I've, I've been there, <laughs> you're paying them. You have to make payroll yeah. every month, yeah. right? Otherwise, they don't eat and their kids don't eat either. So the amount yeah. of pressure goes up, which means your amount of personal development has to go up Exactly. Otherwise, you just get really, really stressed. So the and stuck. Yeah. Like you get stuck. Like nothing's worse than like when you're just like Mm -hmm. you can't figure it out. Like you can't solve the problem. You can't create. You can't innovate. Like that is just a horrible feeling when you know that part of growing and making more money is you just have to. You have to be in more innovation. There has Mm -hmm. to be more creativity. There has to be like what's how are we going to create this in a better, yummier, how are we going to bring in people that 
have never been in here before. How are we going to make sure we're retaining all the people that we have? We have to create more things so they don't get bored. Like, it's that the way everything works, you know? And if you are stale and you're stuck, how are you going to create? It, you won't. <laughs> your creativity will go away. Yeah. And this is why also a lot of big companies, you know, they, they try to buy companies who can innovate because they can't do it because everyone right. gets stuck when it's a big company. And um, Forbes uh, named uh, Bulletproof one of the top 20 most innovative brands, uh, in at least in the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, when I was running it uh, because I maybe over-indexed on that and then under-indexed on other you know, operational things, um, which I found was a problem. If, if you're the voice of your company, that's a full-time job. <laughs> and being CEO of a company is a full-time job. Right. Right. And so it, it becomes, a, at least for me, a juggling match between those two. You know, how many interviews can you do? Uh, and then how many operational reviews can you do? But you end up building a team. You know, I think it's interesting that you say that because we didn't have that at Equinox yeah. because of the time. Right. You know, and so, yes, we did a lot of press. I mean, we were, I mean, there were months where we were in 40 different publications and stuff, but that's a lot different. The press was different. It's just an interview the press with a was reporter. D- exactly. Yeah. So our energy was just always on Equinox. It was never on us. Like even as the face, it wasn't because other than like once in a while doing TV, you weren't the face. The face was Equinox. Right. And I feel like in some way... I like it that way. Like even now doing with MoveJoy, mm-hmm. when someone said to me, well, are you the face of it? And I'm like, hmm, MoveJoy will have will be the face of it. Yeah. I will be the creator and I will speak about it. But truly, the, every all the focus and everything will be, and maybe that's just because that's how I'm comfortable. I'm not as comfortable being the face of anything. Like, I'm more comfortable in what I'm creating, the principles, the value, how we're going to change people. It's not about me. Like I am like more like, you know, if my story, because I'm, I've always, I'm very open being vulnerable. If my story in being messy and being broken at times and being at the bottom of that snake pit and how I got back up, if that story is going to inspire other people to go, wow, if she can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Like, then I will share that story, but it will still never be about me. It will be about the program, the company. You know, that's just a little bit of my, how I I feel about that, you know? I I appreciate that perspective. And it's it's hard to do it in today's world because I I had no desire to be well-known. Right. Uh, when I was starting Bulletproof, in fact, I was a computer hacker. I, <laughs> I value my privacy more than most people. But I was willing to be the face of it. Right. So I think you you navigated that really well. Maybe it was easier before social media. I think took it off. was easier. Now, you, know, you, want, you guys want to see who I am? You know, I am. You know, Twelve hundred <laughs> interviews later, you probably have figured out some consistencies, and you know, you can spot you can usually spot BS after two hundred. <laughs> um, so, uh, but also I've come to you know I'm learning from you as we speak, and so you know to me lifelong learning is a really big value. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds, and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. 
And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. You've done something interesting with MoveJoy, though, which is, is your, your new thing. And you're, you're bringing this kind of unusual concept where okay, people don't all live in the same place. And we're building these kind of hyper-focused communities that are laid on top of things. So people in different areas can work together, but there's mm -hmm. still a community and you're doing a lot of somatic experiencing things. Walk me through what you're doing with MoveJoy because it's, it's very different than anything else I've come across. So first of all, I'd love to tell you a little bit of how I got there during COVID, the beginning of COVID. I belong to a lot of these different women entrepreneur groups. And we would, I would see these women on Zoom and from one week to the next, I'd be like, wow, I could just feel their life force going. Most of these women were single, living alone in New York City, um, powerhouse, you know, business women, but like we're in a crazy time right now, right? And I'm like, ladies, you've got to move. Like, come on, we've got to move. So I would send them different people they should work out with. Now they were, you know, up there anywhere from, you know, 50 to in their 70s. And they were like, oh, I don't like, I didn't like that class. I didn't like that class. I didn't like that class. I was trying anything. They weren't really able to like be outside the way we were in California. So one of them made the ask. And at first I was thinking like, hello, I'm not an aerobic bunny anymore. I've done that in my 20s. I've graduated. Like I didn't think I was putting my leotards back on right. anytime soon, right. David. Like that was not my probable future. <laughs> I have a really great life. I have a big life in Malibu. I have an amazing life. Like really? But I just, I was like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I know I really could give them a really nice class that they would love. So I said, you know what? Give me a week to put it together. We put it together and it went from like five people to 10 people to 20 people to 30. You know, it just kept growing and people were like, can I ask people to come? And sure. And, and you're doing this over Zoom. All over Zoom. Cool. And again, everyone's so happy. But the magic was that I was noticing that everybody was getting on like 15 minutes before class start to talk to each other. Mm. And, and I didn't even really know that until one day I got on, like five minutes early, and I was like, oh my God, they were all on and they're talking and, and then they're staying on afterwards to chat. And I was like, you know, I am a friend collector. I collect friends. I collect people. I love people. Like that's my happiest place. And I think naturally when you do that, I'm always getting people together. I'm like, I'm fixing everybody up for everything, like for play dates with women, mm -hmm. with for love, for business, for everything. I just love connecting people. So you're kind of a matchmaker too, huh? With everything. Um, so I, I, that took me by surprise. I wasn't expecting that. And then I saw that. And then I started adding the breath work because I've you know been doing breath work for about 15 years. And I kept saying to them, guys, you really need to do some breath work. And first yeah. I would put them on sitting. And I'd say, let's sit and do the breath work. Everybody would go off. Asleep. No, they would leave. Wow. They would just shut down. I they would just they would get uh, off. And I'm like, yeah. what's going on here? Like, oh, I didn't like that, Lavinia. I didn't like that. So, so what kind of breath work? I mean, I did art of living for five <laughs> years every day, and I did a lot of holotropic. Like, so like where is this? Like, for instance, we stand up. Okay. As, I mean, depends on the shape of somebody, but for this group now, and it goes so you you'll use your hands, and the first one will be as you're standing. <sighs> okay. <sighs> Similar art of living. Okay. okay. So, but 
when people are not used to doing breath work like that, they feel all of a sudden they're like, right out of the gate, I have them feeling good. They're like, oh my God, I feel so good. So now then you take them like on the next one, which is, you know, we loosen up the neck. Oh, we do a little hops, Mm -hmm. (sighs) you know, so they're doing some hopping and then it's like, (sighs) we open up the neck, Mm -hmm. the neck cracks a few times and they're like, oh my God, it cracked. Like when I go to my chiropractor, like, (laughs) like they started realizing that this movement is healing. Like they're Mm -hmm. feeling the healing of it. And then we do a little bit like where we do open the heart and we do this and then we, you know, where you're really, you know, and I'm in there, like, I want you to breathe. And you could just see breath of joy. (sighs) And I say, no, if you know, we all know, what are the emotions, that sadness, that trauma, when you let it go, let it go, feel it right from the gut down. And you can, (sighs) (sighs) so by the time they do all this, and they come up, you could just see and then there'll be a point where they just start crying. Mm-hmm. Wow. A lot of emotions can come up. A lot of, I mean, we, it, we, it's always shocking how much we hold. Like we do this one exercise where we do this and we take a deep breath in and we hold our breath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First of all, you get a little high. I said, yes, we're going to get you a little high on your own supply for sure. Like, and they love that. But then all of a sudden, like, and then we do a couple of others. We do the bear and we move that. And then you can just see, like, they'll be texting me afterwards. Oh, my God, my shoulders. I didn't realize how much I carry in there. I, like, felt, you know, like, you just, it's really been amazing. And then, of course, we do a lot of this to release because we hold so much in here in here, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's a little, I always call it like the African. So it's like, "Ah, ah, so you're really ah." moving the whole spinal cord forward. No, and I I tell them that every single organ is connected to your spine. So we're going to move that spine front and back, side and side, twist and twist. So super embodied, all right. Exactly. So the movement is very much like that. But then we add a little bit of the cardio, but the cardio is all with, breath mm, okay <sighs> you know they're doing <sighs> okay <sighs> so it's very it's very gentle but they're getting it's the mental and gentle, energetic effects yes okay. and then you know we do an uh something where we i do this thing called joy love bliss happiness joy love bliss happiness but they mm-hmm. move their feet and their hands okay. so you're literally working the brain yeah, you're cross-patterning the brain. That that's that has all kinds of effects. We're exactly. just figuring some of that stuff out. So there's so this has been built on all of that. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, even today when they were struggling, I'm like, guys, it's not about getting it. It's in the process of doing it that the brain is turning on. Like, just keep, it doesn't matter if you get in or not. Just keep doing it. Say the words because we know how to use the words and use the arms and do it. And yeah, like it's. It just keeps layering like that. So I always say the movement is simple, but the way I put it together with the breath and the movement and the and the affirmations, you know, we have a whole series on courage. Because always, you know, when you look at the from positive to negative, courage is the first step on the positive. So, and that's because you're going into action. So if you, it's the first step. So if you have courage to to face your fear, to face your 
to face your sadness, to face your grief, whatever it is, it's the first action point. Mm. So we have to be in, in, and, and how great to be able to move to courage. And I say to them, whatever you know, you need more courage. Listen, I needed courage to start a new brand. Like, trust me, like, you know, you always feel, God, am I going to be, you know, am I, is it going to be successful? And what if it isn't successful? Like, there's all this stuff. Like, when you're going to, I've been helping other people build their brands and scale their brands. But I, this is the first time I'm coming out and saying, yeah, I'm going to do this. And I'm doing it really because I see the white space. Mm-hmm. I, I see all these people that are not moving. Like, I really want to help get that going. So, so when, you're, when you're doing an online, uh, an online thing like this, like how many people, is it, are these like really big now? Or, or do you have like smaller groups? No, no, right now, we haven't, we haven't launched yet. We've just been doing the beta, mm-hmm. which um, has been out of my garage. The studio is nice. being built right now, um, getting finished. And so we'll, we should be in the studio by the, right after um, January. So it's been a garage workout and everything. Which has been amazing because I think there's even something so fun about that. Like cool. it's real, you know. Yeah. It's like it, it, we went from yesterday to today, and it was like. And again, it wasn't to build a brand. It was to really help my friends get out of this funk. And then when you look at like the attorney general says that more people are dying from isolation and loneliness than anything, you're like, and not a lot of people are talking to that demographic. And I know that because I am that demographic. Like. I can go into any gym and figure it out because I, I'm a gym person. I mean, to a degree, I'm a gym rat, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. when I take my friends, I have to hold their hand. It's not comfortable to be of a certain age and walk into these gyms because they're really not. I mean, there might be some YMCAs or whatever, but like most of the the higher end or you even go to wherever, the studios, they're all young. Like you walk in there and there's all these girls and they're in their two-piece outfits and their shorts up to here. And nobody's catering to this market. They're really not catering to us. I mean, unless you're you're catering to us, if you're talking to us about menopause, about supplements, mm-hmm. about plastic surgery, about Botox, but you're really not talking to us about fitness, you know, because we're not inspired to get ripped. We're not inspired to, to look that way. Like, why? We want to feel good. It feels like there's been a big shift in everyone because so many people feel bad now. Everyone wants to feel good. There are so many people in their 20s who are just fully out of, uh, of energy. And I was that way in my 20s too, where I'm like, oh, that's the most valuable. Sure, abs would be nice or whatever, but like, I just want to feel good. Right. And, and for the first time ever in surveys, people have started saying, I care more about managing my stress than about losing weight. And this is a major shift. So it's funny, breath work will do it. um, Biohacking will do it. Meditation practices. So everyone's realized that the stress and the lack of energy is a thing. And I think it's worse in the US. And as you age, it gets worse for everyone. And we're seeing an epidemic amongst young people too. Well, I think there's also an epidemic of anxiety and depression. Oh, yeah. I mean, we are- Government-induced. Yeah. (laughs) You're probably right on that. (laughs) There's just, I've never heard of so many eight-year-olds who are having anxiety. Yeah, it, like It's unheard of. And I, I say it's government-induced because of Bhutan. They have a gross national happiness product. Um, they're the governments organized around that metric. 
And it's not in the U.S. Clearly, health right. is not a goal. No. If it was, we wouldn't spend so much and get so little. Like, yeah, that's, like, truth. You, you can see the truth in what people do, not in what they say. Right. right? It's fascinating to hear what you're up to. And, and if, if you're feeling attracted to MoveJoy, it's movejoy.life mm-hmm. is, is a thing. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So, so guys, go to movejoy.life if this kind of breathwork and somatic practice and, and movement sounds appealing to you. And community. Because uh, we really community. are building community. It, it's funny. People ask, Dave, you know, who listens to The Human Upgrade, the podcast? Well, let's see, we've got about 400 million downloads. <laughs> been following demographics forever. And people from 20 to 80 listen to the show. Right. And there's a peak in the 25 to 45, but it's not that strong of a peak. Wow. So people of every age, and they're saying, oh, biohacking is just for boys. I'm like, sorry, girls, 60% of biohackers are women and always have been. Sometimes it was 52% versus 50. So it turns out that this biohacking thing, it's about humans. And it's how to get your energy back. How do you make your body do what you want? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're like I was as a 300-pound early 20s guy with no energy and brain fog and all the other stuff and arthritis saying, I just want to feel good, right? And I'd like to continue my entrepreneurial career. Um, or whether you're saying, okay, you know, my kid just left the house. Like, what am I going to do now? It, it's always the same. I want my body to behave so that then I can work on my emotional stuff. And I want that to behave so that I can work on my spiritual stuff. And it's just a human condition for all of us, which is why I was so happy to have you on because you've walked this path and you've shared, what is it like to start? What is it like when you're in the middle? What is it like when you've succeeded at your first thing and you're starting a new one? And since I believe we're all going to live a lot longer. Yeah, I, I yeah. think. You've got I mean, that was That was what I, I kind of thought to myself. I said, you know, I think up here at least till I'm 100. That was, that was my next question. How so long do you think you I, are here? I, I, at okay. least. So I'm thinking I have 40 more years. So you know what? What am I going to do in those years? Yeah. Like, what am I going to do if I'm not impacting, if I'm not... Like in it, and I love working with people. Like I love the people I'm working with and creating with them. And it keeps you young. Mm -hmm. Like I can't just be going out to lunch. And I mean, look, I love to hike. I love to mountain bike. But it, I don't know. I need purpose. Forty years of hiking and mountain biking might get a little bit repetitive. I know. And then I'm like, and traveling's great. You know, I had a great fall. I went to Japan and in Korea and Tanzania, and it was amazing. But like. I don't want to travel right now. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I really feel very inspired. And I love feeling inspired at my age. Like, I love that. Not that I think I'm, like, so old or anything. But I love feeling inspired to, like, get this going. And and even going from the beginning, like, before I had a, moment, a few, you know, a little bit like, do I really want to do this? It's going to be so much work. What if it's not super successful? And then I just had to let that go. Like, like let that oh. shit go, Lavinia. And... So you're, getting a you know, cold plunge. Like, I don't really want to get in. Fine, well. And once you're in, like, I'm so glad I did it. <laughs> yeah. Starting a company is not that different. Right. There's always resistance. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I really, I'm excited. And, and I love, like, where, even the surprise of where it could go. Like, because at the end of the day, your community tells you what they want. And I mean, if you or sure. if you connect with them, and I really believe yeah. it'll be a good connection, and they'll tell us what they want. So I'm even like so curious, like where are they going to want to go? Like how fun is it going to be able to like create that stuff for them and what they really like, what they want, not what I think or we think they want. But you know, like I love that. Like that's exciting to me. You know, because 
because before you know what you're partnering with them. Mm-hmm. And right. like, when you have smart, great people, you know, it's not just like, they're not a bunch of soldiers, you know, like, it's not just like, I'm the guru and I'm going to tell you, like, that's never been my way. Like, it's like, we're in partnership here. Like, we we connect, like, there's a connection. You tell me what you want. We see if that works. Like, I love that uh, expression of business as well. Beautiful. Thank you for coming on The Human Upgrade and sharing the the story of Equinox and now Move Joy. It's it's fascinating to be able to learn because you've built something big and fantastic and just the mindset. And I, I find it inspiring. And I'm hoping if you're watching the show or listening to the show, you just realize you have no idea where you're going to be in 10 years. No, nothing at all. You could start something tomorrow and it might get big it might not get big but you'll still get the experience of it so you started something that got big i started something that got big i didn't know how big it would get there was no way to know neither did you with that yeah, right not at all yeah and with move joy if it helps a thousand people and you're suddenly like i'm done you still up to a thousand people right and if it helps a kajillion people and your tony robbins is saying you know <laughs> i was going to feed a billion people but now i saw what lavinia did and you know <laughs> i want to do that okay then awesome either one of those is yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what feels good. And and you listening to this, help the people who need help. It doesn't matter how many of you help. It's just if they need it, you're there, you can help. And things work out in the end. That's, that's where I'm sitting today. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you. If you like today's episode, you know what to do. I love reviews. You could try some Danger Coffee if you're not already on that stuff. It feels really different and tastes amazing. It's really good coffee. DangerCoffee.com. And I want you to go to movejoy.life if this episode was interesting for you because you might find there's some breath work you can do that's a different flavor than you've seen before. And if nothing else, if you're an entrepreneur, hopefully this was inspiring. Thanks, Lavinia. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. 
Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.